Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. And welcome to No Church Answers, a Christian roundtable discussion for men. This is podcast number 291, hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang. Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around. Find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that is where we are. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, each on our own spiritual journey. Meeting daily challenges just like you out there. And that's why we are here, because we're having a Christian discussion for men. And unlike others, we aren't taking any church answers. And we're glad that you've joined us again. You know, this podcast has been called Deliberately Provocative, Unexpectedly Funny. And so we're so glad that you checked us out. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are on Facebook, YouTube, at NoChurchAnswers.com. So please rate our podcast and leave a review. And of course, none of this would be possible without your continued support and encouragement. So thank you so much. At this time, I'm going to jump right in uh, and introduce the panel. Our panel consists of, he is a former world-class policy writer, a current professional gambler. He is the show's producer. It's Mr. Steve Titch. Hey, Steve. Hello, Steve. <clears throat> he is a former prosecutor and attorney, kind of the group historian. We call him the judge. It is Michael Cropper. Hi, hey, Mike. Hey, Hi, Mike. Guys. How are you? And, and in person, he is a corporate trainer, kind of the group theologian. He is an industrial commercial strength teacher. We call him the professor. It's Robert Koshu. Hey, Robert. Hi, Robert. everybody. And my name is Bill Cox, basically a indie film producer. And I was on camera last night. It was awesome. And uh, and, 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 and gainfully employed, uh, hard to believe. Uh, and yep. I need to make uh, just one special announcement. I want to thank everybody. As we are coming up on our sixth year of uh, doing this, and we have been through some uh, <laughs> uh, major life things. Uh, Things and we've shared them with our audience. You know, Steve had a, a horrible uh, accident. Me, I went through surgeries. Koshu has had his uh, house flooded what twice or something? Just or, or once. Just, just just once. That that was enough. <laughs> and nothing ever happens to Michael Cropper. He's just he killed. retired. He's killed. He, yeah, he's, he re retired. he's retired. Yeah, that's happens. a life change. <clears throat> but uh, my I <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> hey, and you get you get close. You're gonna get close to me. You're gonna have a second pinched one too. <laughs> uh, but I just want to let you know that uh, my wife just had her follow up um, with her cancer doctor and. And she is cancer-free. Yes. Huge, huge deal uh, in our household. Of course, there's still some other lingering side effects and stuff yeah, that you that has to, to go through. But but I can tell you what. Uh, in, in God answers prayers. There's been many prayers from the people of this church. You out there. Uh, and I ha have to thank the fellows here for supporting me. 
during this time. Uh, it hasn't been easy. It's been a learning experience, and I'll be quite honest with you, I don't want to use that knowledge again. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I want to go ahead, but but seriously, uh, thanks everybody for the prayers and uh, for her continued recovery. And with that, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the lesson, and I'm going to start off with the Mr. Steve Titch. Yes, well, thank you, and good wishes to Beverly. This is great news. Yes, wonderful uh, news. We are, uh, we are now, uh, third, third week, we're looking at uh, Limping with God, Jacob and the Old Testament Guide to Messy Discipleship by Chad Bird. It's a study of, the, of Jacob and, and his, uh, his series of stories in, in the book of Genesis, and, and we've been talking about how Jacob is not your typical Bible hero. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's a con man, a scoundrel, a uh, guy who's really looking out for number one. And I guess he's, he's, we're at a point in his life where he, uh, he has to basically get, go on the run. Uh, last week, we talked about how he stole both the birthright and the blessing from his older twin brother, Esau and sent Esau into a murderous rage. So uh, his, uh, his mother, Rachel, who basically uh, used him in a way to get back at both Isaac and perhaps Esau, uh, urges him to, to go see, his, uh, to see her brother, his uncle, Uncle Laban. Um, and he's gonna begin that study. Uh, and of course, we come to, in this, this week, uh, one of the most well-known stories and certainly well-known images from the Bible, the, the stairway to heaven, Jacob's dream. Um, but first, and, and we'll, get, we'll get into the, to the reading in a minute, I, I do want to bring up the idea of this. Um, the story begins as Jacob goes into exile. And Bird makes a point of talking about that a little bit. And uh, it's always part of a good story. The, the hero has to leave his comfortable surroundings and go on on this adventure. Now, sometimes it's a quest. It's a little different here. You know, a quest is not like that, like Fellowship of the Ring or or The Hobbit. In this case, it's more like an exile. What comes to mind is the novel and the movie Dune, where Paul and Jessica have to leave their their palace and go live among the Fremen and learn their ways. And of course, there's all sorts of prophecies involved in that. It's a it's a superb novel. If you haven't read it, certainly. Go read it or see the see the first part. The first the movie, the movie that came out last year, really deals with pretty much the first third of the book. So here goes Jacob into exile, and um, well, well, I'll bring that up a, a bit. But in many ways, often for us, our Christian walk begins in some sort of exile, quote unquote exile. Even even First Peter, first letter, First Peter, his the first line of First Peter, he addresses. Uh, exiles, uh, who who are exiled from either their 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 synagogue if they were Jews or from their social group if they were Gentiles. Excellent, Michael Cropper. Yeah, a brief looking at the uh, some of the scriptures. Uh, Steve is uh, very well spoke. Tell us that, that last week looked at um, Jacob stealing Esau's blessing, and he did this by acting like he was Esau. Now, he's already conned Esau out of his birthright with a bowl of stew. And uh, last week, Jacob dressed up like Esau and tricked their father Isaac, who was nearly blind, into blessing him. 
So now I find it interesting because Isaac thought he was blessing Esau. So I would have thought, and guys, I would have thought that God's blessing would have passed over Jacob and rested on Esau because that was Isaac's intent to bless Esau. And we talked about that last, right? Although he spoke the blessing to Jacob, he really <laughs> thought he was sending it to Esau. So why did it rest on Jacob? Whatever, that's a, that's a thought. And we talked about that last week in the podcast. God called the audible. Yes, <laughs> yes. Remember, Esau was dearly, dearly loved by Isaac while Rebekah favored Jacob. However, Esau became at odds with both his parents when he married two women from the Canaanite people. Now, Steve just said, Jacob's got to leave because Esau is very angry with him and he vows to kill Jacob. Now, Isaac and Rebekah do not like the wives Esau takes. That's Genesis 26, 34, 35. Rebekah tells Isaac, now, Jacob's still here. This is right before he leaves, folks, so you got to keep this in mind. Rebekah tells Isaac that she could not face the future if Jacob marries a Canaanite woman. And Isaac gets on board and calls Jacob. He knows he's leaving to see Laban. Uh, and he doesn't know that Esau wants to kill Jacob at this point, right, guys? So, so Isaac tells Jacob to get a wife from the house of Bethuel where, while he is there. And he says, anyway, by the way, while you're there, pick up a wife. <laughs> Your mother will be very happy. And he says, and I'll be happy too. Happy wife, happy life. Right. <laughs> Guys. Uh-huh. So, so Isaac thinks Jacob is going to go there to get a wife, and he sends him away with his blessing. No, he, no Canaanite wife for Jacob. So today in today's broadcast, uh, God will make a personal appearance to Jacob and confirm the promise he made to Abraham, Jacob's father, grandfather. Excellent. Uh, professor. And as we wind on down the road, our shadows taller than our soul, there walks a lady we all know who shines white light and wants to show how everything still turns to gold. And if you listen very hard, the tune will come to you at last when all are one and all is, yeah, to be a rock and not to roll. And she's buying a stairway to heaven. (laughs) The classic Led Zeppelin song. And, and, and that's what we get. We get a version, a vision tonight of the pre-incarnate Christ visiting Jacob for the first time, by the way, <laughs> and making him impugn upon himself to understand that, hey, you know what? You're a scoundrel. You're a cheat. But I'm in control and I'm not just the God who puts things in place and plays. I'm the God involved in the history of mankind. That's the lesson tonight. Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. It is Genesis 28, 10 through 21. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there... He put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, 
and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. As I was reading that story about uh, <coughs> Jacob fleeing, and I, and I noticed the author Chad Bird, outstanding book. If you haven't, oh. I mean, this has been a, this, oh. this is a great great study. I, I personally, <coughs> who have read many many books about many many subjects, will give this a five star review. Oh yeah, easily, a- absolutely. But the thing about it is, uh, one thing that I think is a little bit different, maybe from the way I think, and maybe the author. Uh, um, he said that uh, when <clears throat> when Jacob ran um, because his brother was going to kill him, that that he was running and leaving everything. No, no, no. I think he was getting everything. He was leaving the the chance to get murdered by his brother and having basically everybody thinking that he's a total scumbag because they know what he did. He has the real opportunity to reinvent himself. So by him getting out, I don't think that he was leaving as in such a bad mood necessarily as what they, what uh, the author said in the book as opposed with he was escaping and if I was escaping at least for a few fleeting moments until I got hungry or thirsty, I'd be excited. Anyway, I just wanted to go ahead and throw that jump off. I'm going to pick up from you because it's you know we don't know, but you 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 or you might be onto something. Is he's he's escaping? Um, he's flee, you could say he's fleeing. He has a destination, but but yeah, he's probably thinking of his next <laughs> of his next con. And boom, I mean, it's almost as you were reading the reading God's passage in this. It's. It's it's not it's not something he gets shamed with. It's you got Jacob's blessing. Guess right. what? And, and you own it. And you own it. And, and that's kind of the message coming down because all it, it's it's a total reiteration of 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 God's promise to Abraham, Jacob's grandfather. And and now, yeah, guess what, Jacob? You've inherited this, and not, and whether you like it or not, that's what I like it. I will be that's with you. I will be with you. This is going to be your destiny. 
Um, and, and whether you like it or not. And, and, and actually, Jacob is pretty overwhelmed by it. And he said, whoa, because remember, and you guys corrected me last week. Last week, last, you know, a few days ago when he was getting his blessing in the story, it was he, 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 he answered in kind of for Esau when, when, when Isaac said, how was your hunt? Why was your hunt so quick? Well, how was, how was it so fruitful so quick? Uh, Jacob, imitating Esau, said, well, your God... He right. specifically said, your God. Now, his father's God has his, become his. his. Uh, right, writing. Uh, not just yet. Well, wait, he's basically saying, I got a conditional okay, well, here. All right, all right, the conditional is, in verse 20, he makes his vow. But when he makes his vow, what did he say? If, if, if then. God will well, be with me. Yeah, it's an you, if how then. How do you read that, though? Do you, do you I, basically I see it as a test, or do you see it as I a, it I'm going to see a, if this works out kind of thing? Oh, absolutely. It's, he, he, it's it, a it, test, and, 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 see this how, is, and this is the first flip. Mm-hmm. Jacob becomes Israel because of two, two distinct moments. And notice mm-hmm. how he said that. Because until now, he's Jacob. He becomes mm-hmm. Israel. Much in the same way, Paul. We always think of Saul and Paul. Mm-hmm. Very much in the same way, Saul becomes Paul, Jacob becomes Israel. This is the first thing that kind of starts flipping him, because, like you said, Steve and Bill, up until then it was, well, Isaac, the Lord, your God, which we mm-hmm. heard all when we heard when we did our David study, mm-hmm. in our other studies, Saul often referred to God as when he was talking to Solomon as your God. It was never a personal my God or mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. your God doing all that. And now before this, we have your God. And, and, and I, like the, I like the analogy. This is God kind of slapping him in the face a little bit and saying, hey, guess what, bud? That's right. I'm I, I'm riding. I'm I'm rolling with you, and I'm riding shotgun. So you better get used. Yeah, you better yeah, you better yeah. get used to it. But here's and, the thing. And he says, and then Jacob makes his vow. If okay, so if you're gonna do this, then okay. <laughs> you know, I, I it might have been Mike that brought it up last week. How old Jacob was? I will always well, we, assume that he was young. Well, we and talked about that. We if all, if he was me. young, then his mother absolutely orchestrated this for him and he did not know what he was getting into (laughs) he just went along to it and she basically groomed him for it because she knew that he would be better i I, well that's what she may have thought but i disagree with that because he you saw him you saw him take that role when he uh when he when he begins to fool isaac you, you, I mean, she sets him up. She gives him all the props and coached him and, and coached, coached him. him. But he's he was able to think on the fly when he said, "How did you come back so fast?" And how did, and 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 he and Isaac started asking him questions, and he was kind of on the ball with coming back with the answers to it. And so I think I think he's, I think he's, I don't think he's a babe in the woods. I don't think he's a kid, but I okay. think I think he was a full participant in this. Um, and and because and, and sure Rebecca put him up to it. Rebecca was part of the plan. But I we were talking. I think you said they, they, this is something they were cooking up for some time and just waiting for the right moment. Right, Mike Grappler. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can convict him, Mike. Yeah, Come I on now, that. or her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think Esau was forty when he married to the women, the two women, the Hittite women, right? Oh, oh you okay, think he was so forty then? So we're talking maybe four years, three years mm-hmm. past. Uh, and, yep. and, and, the, and so he was in his thirties. Time mm-hmm. Isaac and and Rebecca had enough time to meet 
his wives, <laughs> and they despise him. Both of them despise him, not just Rebecca. But Rebecca has interchanged with them. They, remember, they're all living on a plantation, right? Yeah, this essentially. Is Isaac's right. plantation. <laughs> right. He's been prosperous. He has camels. He has servants. He has gold. He has silver. And, and it says this. It says, Isaac became prosperous. Um, 26, whatever. The estate. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, 26, 12, and 13. Isaac sowed the land, reaped a hundredfold that year. The Lord blessed him. He became prosperous, continued prospering until he became very prosperous. He had possessions <laughs> of flocks, herds, and great numbers of servants. So the Philistines envied him. That's chapters back. So what, what I'm getting at here is, is, is we are taught, and we see this in a number of lessons that, that Jacob took off and hauled butt, but he didn't. He didn't go that, go that quick. His dad's not dying yet. No. And, and, and Esau says... When Dad dies, I'm going to come after you. I'm going to kill you. So, uh, my my belief did 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 Jacob have supplies with him? Absolutely. Rebecca knew he was going 450 miles. She loves him. She's going to send supplies with him: food, water. He even had anointing oil for the right. rock on which he. That put his is head. a good. That, Mm-hmm. Point prosecutor Mike. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so he goes. So, yeah. We, we he even had a pack mule. We don't know now. We don't think he had any servants. They would have referenced that. But he took off, and he had a lot of supplies with him. Like four hundred fifty miles. It take what, he, three or four, he, three he, weeks. Three, or three four weeks. weeks. He he was well supplied. Oh, he yeah. was. Mm-hmm. He, no question about it. So, so when God shows up and tells him this stuff, and 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 he says. By the way, this is Stargate. No, he says Gateway to Heaven, right? Which yeah, is what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stairway to Heaven. He, he says, and, and, and Isaac up to this point, I think he's a believer, but he hasn't mm-hmm. had experience with God. I think he's been taught by, pardon me, pardon me, Jacob. Jacob's been taught by his mother and his father, especially about the testimony they have of finding Rebecca, his mom, mm-hmm. to be Isaac's wife. Abraham said his servant to him. So, okay, I'll wrap it up real quick. Just one second. But the, the point is, is after this point, Jacob has had <laughs> it, has learned all about God. He's heard it from his mother and his dad, but he has never had a personal experience till now. Bill? Yeah, and with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show, our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors, just regular guys. So whether you're successful or struggling, we hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. Please consider supporting Man Up and No Church Answers today. And welcome back, everybody. This is No Church Answers. My name is Bill Cox. I'm uh, I'm here with the fellows. We're talking about Esau and Jacob. This is Limping with God, and the author is Chad Bird. And 
can't say enough about how excellent this book is. It's been a real blessing to include this in our study. And uh, just want to go ahead and continue on with uh, the discussion, and I'll bring in uh, Professor. So I just want to start out with there's no other podcast in Christian land that you will hear Led Zeppelin lyrics quoted on. Yeah, yeah. We, we are as right. no church answers as you can. Yeah, um, <laughs> hey, it's a classic rock song, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but but when you, when you, I, I guarantee you, but our, our, our listeners, when they, saw the, when they saw the title of this podcast, First thing that went through their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> I, I guarantee you did mine. I <laughs> yeah. saw Steve's notes and I went, yep, there you yeah, go. There we go. And I, and I had the earworm the rest of the day, so thank you, Steve. I, I, I like the fact that Isaac's and Jacob's story have a parallel. Isaac at one point went out and God appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. I'm going to be with you. This is in essence... Jacob getting that same vision out mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. And and the stairway to heaven really comes from literally a lot of people talk about it as a ladder. It's really a stairway. And it has angels going up and down. And I love the fact they're going up and down. Mm-hmm. Because there there's if you talk to an agnostic crowd or a theist crowd is another one, their idea is God set the universe in motion. He's kicked back in the big in the Barco lounger and watching it all roll around. And this really implies a God who is involved in human history. You know, the youth upstairs, I'm coming in late, so I apologize to my fellow podcasters for not helping set up. But our students are actually teaching right now. And so I'm trying to stay to watch a few of them. And they're actually tonight talking about the wonderful book of the Bible, Habakkuk. So you should all go read Habakkuk at some point. But what they're talking about, how Assyria is just taking out Israel, and now God is telling Habakkuk, just wait, Babylon's coming for you because I've ordained it. And this is, in essence, God telling Jacob, look, buddy, you you stole the blessing. You stole (laughs) the birthright. As Bill said, I'm riding shotgun with you now, whether you want it or not. And you don't have a choice in this. In some, this, this is one of those. I always get into these conversations with people about Calvinism and Reformed theology, and this is one where God had a plan and God blessed this one family because someone showed faith in them, and He's keeping a promise made, started with Abraham that He would bless the family throughout, no matter what. Very similar to how Jesus ends up from the line of David, and there's a great analogy here. But this is also God taking Jacob and basically giving him, basically he, he just put Jacob on a pip. Right. He, he put Jacob on a performance improvement plan. <laughs> well, here's that, the, that's actually, that's a good point. But here, yeah, yeah. Here's, the, here's, well, here's, the, here's something to talk about, especially uh, because this is, and, and this is, an, I think, another reason we're doing this story. Jacob does not immediately flip to like if, like like if, Paul did. if god <laughs> he agreed yeah um, and 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 this is and, and how how this this is this this is a little bit of my experience coming in that you know and and you've talked about never having that eureka moment mm-hmm. now 
yes, it certainly is to, to a degree a, a, a dazzling moment. And Jacob realizes what it is. And he does his little anointing thing. He acknowledges it was the God of his fathers. And then he picks up, and I don't want to get ahead of the story, but he heads off on his way. And as we'll see, he doesn't act like he just <laughs> saw God. God. Right. <laughs> hey, this is kind of like, you know, did and, 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 and admittedly, God didn't demand something from him then and there. God just sent him, sent him the message. You know, your here's your plan, and and he didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't call on Jacob to repent. He did not call and say go be king or something. The way the way kind of he he spoke to some, and he, he gave the prophets missions to go on. Um, no, he he doesn't. But Jacob pretty much picks up his bundle, you know, or his mule, and just heads off yeah. to Uncle Laban, and. You know, this is like, this is this is the guys. Better, this right? is now this. I think, <laughs> but, but let's let's think about it. how have we you know have we had experiences where we've kind of been put on notice, said uh huh uh huh yeah well that was pretty powerful. Oh, it's nine o'clock. Time to go to work. <laughs> time to get. <laughs> that that's a good that's I, a I, good I, example. I, yeah. I, I want to get into what what goes through in my mind the first time I heard this story, and that's simply. What does the ladder and the stairway represent? I mean, that's thrown around by everybody, and, and I'm sure we all have different definitions of it. One of the Internet definitions is one I hear all the time, and that's simply, the symbolism of Jacob's ladder may have represented the earthly, physical covenant between God and the children of Israel. Jesus Christ, as a new ladder and mediator, would initiate a new spiritual covenant made available to everyone. He would exchange our sins for his righteousness so that we could know God and experience the intimate relationship he intended from the beginning. And let me throw out my opinion. All of you can throw it out. My personal opinion is, is God is just using symbolism and an illustration that Jacob will understand and remember. A very vivid illustration. Um, and the angels ascending and descending mm -hmm. on the ladder or God's presence here for miracles and signs and things He does among the people. Again, this is my opinion. No, no, I don't. I don't think. I, I, I think it's. I think you'll find it. You know, no, you'll find it. We were just talking about it. We have. It's not just a stairway or a yeah. ladder. However, it's not just a, mm -hmm. a means of connection between mm -hmm. God on high. There's there's mm -hmm. interact. There's you know if if they say angels are the messengers of God. There's you know. The, the the bits are moving on the on the line. Yeah. Things they're, are they're up things, and down. Yeah. Things are happening. Yeah. There's there's yeah. there's communication. There's stuff going on. There's involvement. Um, and well, like, well, a couple of things. Also, yeah, yeah, what you just said does is it, we have kind of we have the images presented, which is a very powerful one and very fairly easy to grasp. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing not confusing about it. But then you're right in in gospel in, in John's gospel one fifty one. Robert's favorite chapter of the Gospels, John 1. Um, Jesus, I mean, we, we have the whole introduction, but then Jesus is selecting apostles by the end, and, and he actually compares himself to mm -hmm. the stairway, that he is now the stairway. Now, on top of that, if you want to throw a second layer or another layer, and, 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 and Robert likes to talk about this, is that we, we can envision, and some, sometimes paintings do, as, you know, the old man god up at the top of the ladder, or the top of the stairway with the flowing white hair and all. But 
Uh, Bird talks about this, and 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 others more more. Others say that this is an, an, an yet an appearance of the incarnate yeah this is the incarnate this is a, son. This uh, is a, a pre-incarnate Christ. Um, and, is is the word. So this is this is Christ in human flesh before the incarnation. Mm-hmm. Or let me mm-hmm. let me rephrase that: Christ in human appearance, mm-hmm. not flesh, but human appearance prior to. Being born of I, the I see it as the, I see it as the sun aspect yeah, of the, the Trinity. sun aspect of the Trinity. Trinity. I, I, and I'm going to say now I'm going to say it's not Jesus. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not Jesus of Nazareth, that individual who who was the incarnate. But it is it is the, it is probably the, the Jesus how he exists now and how yes. we we may see yes. him eventually. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would totally agree. And and where where what Steve's talking about is John one fifty one where. Jesus, John 1, chapter, yeah, verse 51, and he says, mm-hmm. Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open mm-hmm. and the angel of God descending, ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And, and so, in essence, he's the ladder, he's the stairway, he's the connection. And, and I think it's both, Mike. I think it's a symbol that Jacob could relate to Indicating God's interaction with the world, and in particular mm-hmm. at this point, mm-hmm. remember in, in in this time frame, and this is something we have to always remember: there is no Holy Spirit infused in the world, interacting with everybody. God is choosing to interact with one family and their surrounding followers and such at that time. You know, He chose Abraham, Isaac, now Jacob. Yes. Very, so very He chose specific. them, but. It's also, I think, a picture of the future. I, I think the author's right. I think it's both. And, and I think part of the problem we have with the Bible is we want to read things, and this is not the only place this happens, by the way. We want to read things and go, no, this is what it has to mean. <laughs> Why can't it be both, boys and girls? Well, I think, Jacob, <clears throat> I'm going to dial it back a little bit because your theology is a little bit over my head. That's <laughs> okay. My, my, my game doesn't go up that high. <clears throat> but what I did want to say is I just kind of put myself in Jacob's spot. He wanted that birthright. He thought he was going to be rich and he was going to be in charge. And that was probably about it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can't imagine that he really thought any long, any farther than that. He didn't expect to be influential, leader of a nation or anything like that. He's just a guy, just wanted to be wealthy and, you know, be in charge. The, the lesson from that is this. Watch what you ask for. You need to really think it out, especially if you're going to put any kind of effort into it. Because the effort you put into it will define, it will color what you get. So although you might have gotten something that was virtuous, but because you went about it in a scumbag way, it was not such a virtuous gift that you got. And so the thing about it is, I just don't think, I just want to throw out, watch what you ask for, number one, on Jacob, and number two, I don't know very many heroes that I look up to because they followed the rules. I look up to people that had adversity and had overcome it. And I think that's the big thing about Jacob. But he didn't expect to have adversity. He expected by getting the birthright, hey, man, I got it. I'm in charge. I'm wealthy. All is good. 
But I, I don't think he knew what he was getting. I think he absolutely knew what he was getting. Exactly what you're that saying, right? That is exactly right? what yeah. I think, too. He, 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 he had no, he Mixers, he had you no idea. This. You well, want and, this. And you want I, this. What? So, I got to so leave somewhere? I'm going to get killed at home? Are you kidding me? I got to go? Well, and I think that that's actually a really good man lesson, Bill. It really is. Because you're looking at, and in particular in today's world, what what are guys told to do? You know, what are guys told to do? Go out, doesn't matter, run over your coworker, plow through people. It, it, it's just numbers. Lie on that expense report, you know, for what you're doing. You know, oh, fudge those sales numbers so you can get, because, you know, your bonus is relying on that. So, you know, fudge those numbers a little bit so you can get it. Oh, you're the CEO now? Yeah, stretch that accounting a little bit because, you know, got to reward the shareholders. But I think everybody so can, can look back, right, though. So we can get every, so we can get what we want. But like you said, you've got to be careful what you want. That's a and fact. what you wish. I think all of us can look back on things that we really wanted. And like when I was in the Navy, I had a chance to be a UDT SEAL. I didn't even know what those dudes did. But I knew that I had a chance to do it, so I tried out for it. I got thrown out because I'm colorblind and they didn't want to uh, putting bombs together. Hey, is this is this wire green or <laughs> kind of looks blue to me? Oh, oh I'm just going to wire it together. Ah, whatever. You that's, know. That's what they told me. <clears throat> but the thing about it is, though, now at this old older age of my life, I do know some guys that are seals, and I know some people that actually had to kill people. And you know what? I would not be able to handle it. God blessed me by not giving me what I thought I wanted. That was just another thing I wanted no, to throw that's out That's a there. good point. Well, that's a good that's point. Good. <clears throat> Michael Cropper. Yeah. Uh, very interesting you mentioned that, and I'm going to uh, stray just for a second. Uh, I read an article that said Prince Harry killed 26 men while he was in the service for his country. Really? Yes, I would have never He was a that. chopper pilot, so he sprayed, he sprayed him with a so. Gatling Maybe gun. Maybe so. That doesn't explain how. Yeah. Uh, he was commando he before he was a chopper pilot. He did both. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he served. He actually served two tours. My my wife's an Anglophile. I apologize in advance for having this much knowledge. <laughs> okay. Um, but he actually served two tours. One tour has a commando. He he did have to leave that tour early because of safety. Well, yeah. someone for, released t- that he was there. That he was exactly yeah. for his yeah. For safety of the monarchy, yeah, I I no, remember the safety ex- of everybody. <laughs> well, <laughs> right, they because they would they would have taken everybody out to get to, him. to get him. <laughs> Dude, you're exactly right. But, I did but, read, but that. he, yeah, he, and he was actually a commando commander. But yeah, and that that's a good, you know, I think it's one of those, and and he's another good example of be careful what you wish for. Yes, because I think he wished for something entirely different than he is getting at this moment. That's true. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. 
And welcome back, everybody. This is No Church Answers. Hey, where else can you get Jacob, Esau, Abraham, and Prince Harry all in the same discussion? Hard to believe. And Led Zeppelin. And Led Zeppelin. You pointed to me a while ago, Bill. Let me, let me ahead, bring up Michael one topic Crap. here. I'm going to go back to Esau just for a minute. Uh, if you, I'm sure you all caught it, but, but before Jacob leaves, Esau attempts to make things right with his family. If y'all didn't didn't notice that the author talks about this, I think Esau heard his dad counsel Jacob when he's getting ready to leave on where to find a wife, and that's at Laban. He says he heard his mom tell Jacob to go to Haran. Isaac tells Jacob to get a wife in Haran, not from the Canaanite women. And Isaac again blesses Jacob when he is going to leave. Now Esau wants to please his father and goes to Ishmael. Abraham's other son to get a wife because he knows that that's in he believes that's that's the link that God wanted and that stay within the Jewish people but he doesn't realize he's taught he's supposed to stay within the family of Isaac and the relatives that are around them surrounding them so he thinks I'll please dad by going and getting a wife from Abraham's other son Ishmael and he does that. So he goes, um, he goes and marries the a daughter for his third wife of Ishmael. He's a day late and a dollar short. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's just like the foolish virgins who are waiting for the bridegrooms. Christ told us that parable. He says the foolish vir virgins ran out of oil, and they asked for the the other half of the virgins that were waiting for the bridegroom. They said, "Can we have your son your oil?" They said, "No, because we'll run out too." So he did not plan ahead, and the virgins ran out of oil, and they did not get to, get to meet the bridegrooms when they came. And the same thing happened with Esau. He's trying late. Now, I have an co additional comment. At the end, when we get to the end of this, whenever Jacob returns with his family and huge possessions and very, a lot of wealth, servants and everybody, he will meet Esau, and Esau has a great deal of wealth too. God prospers him or he prospers one way or another. I don't think it's Satan that prospers him. But but he prospers him and I'm thinking to myself, maybe, just maybe, God forgave him when he tried or attempted to make a correction there. Mid course correction by grabbing a third wife. <laughs> I, I by the know, daughter I don't of Ishmael. It's just a thought. I'm just thought. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, I don't know. He's poor. Esau. <laughs> it may not be. It but may but may not. I, he, he does. He, I mean, he, he, his parents, Isaac, and we, all, we, all we're told is that Isaac and Re, Re, uh, Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah. Don't like his Canaanite and or Hittite wives, right, right. but we don't necessarily. They say, "Oh, he just, he went outside the family." I, I I don't see anything that indicates God was unhappy with that choice. So I don't know if he really had to be forgiven. I, it's Esau's credit; he tries to make amends. And maybe Bird's being a bit a little bit harsh on him. He tries to go. I mean, it's just, it's so Esau-like. Oh, well, uh, let's see. Uh, well, well, are you okay if one. I marry Ishmael? That's right. Yeah, I mean, I got I can't see him. I got a pro I got a problem here. Maybe I'll get a wife. Maybe yeah, that'll yeah, help me. Help my problem. Maybe I'll like her. Yeah. <laughs> There's something, something you can look at it a little bit that way. He saw as a day late and a dollar short. But anyway.
and, and I, I think this is more of the family drama we've been talking about, mm-hmm. the dysfunctional family. You know, he, he, he's trying to, ha, how's he trying to solve a wife? Well, how did granddad do it? Granddad said to Sarah, hey, let me have your maidservant. He's, we're, yeah. we're trying to start, the, the family, it, it, it's, the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob line is very, very interesting because you have this, this line of a family that shows up in Egypt looks at Egypt and says, oh, no, they're, they're going to kill me because of you, so just say you're my sister. And then Pharaoh takes her as one of his and then finds out he's, yeah. they, whoa. Mm-hmm. So Abraham gets lots of land and cattle <laughs> for that whole deception. Well, Isaac basically does, <coughs> pardon me, oh. the same thing and gets land and cattle. <laughs> you know, Esau decides, hey, I'm going to do this, while Jacob steals the birthright mm-hmm. Esau goes and grabs a third wife after he gets the first two wives. It, 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 the, the dysfunction, Steve, that you're referring to, mm-hmm. it, it starts all the way back at Abraham well, I, and runs through. Well, yeah, I'm going to yeah, go. Yeah, let me go one further on that. Okay, yeah. because this okay, is fair this enough. is something I see as we were talking it. Esau, and this is typically dysfunctional. He kind of leaves the older child by just so much. He's going to go please his parents. To make everything better. Okay. Oh, let's please. Mom's mad. Mom, mom's, mom's taking this out on me. Mom's mad. I'm going to go. Maybe he loves his Canaanite wives. Maybe he's perfectly happy with them. And suddenly he's trying. He's trying to, again, in a classic dysfunctional family, he's trying to be an emotional caretaker for a member of the family to, to, to do things he can't control to take responsibility for emotions he can't control. Um, and it, I mean, that, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, and of course, you see everything, of course, repeats itself. That's classic. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and it's that, but, it, but and, and I think here's the message, and, and this is one, and it's the one that really comes mm-hmm. from the, my second part of the favorite part of the Gospels mm-hmm. is Matthew chapter one. Mm-hmm. Even the broken, even the stupid, even the sinners, even the prostitutes, show up in the family mm-hmm. tree of Jesus. God can take any one of all of those and do something with it. And there are a lot of people in Christian circles today that would do well to remember that. God looks at the heart. Correct. And Jesus made that very clear when they caught the woman in the act of adultery. And they oh. brought her to him, right? The Pharisees oh, yeah. Yeah. and the... Uh, the members of Sanhedrin, they brought him to her and says, okay, it's time to stone her. What do you think, Jesus? And the classic answer, mm-hmm. let the one who has not sinned throw the first stone. That is absolutely correct, Robert. That, that whole line of people there, God looked at the heart. He didn't look at the physical abilities or the acts of the people as they presented. Excellent. As we come down to the end of this podcast, I want to go around the room and get some uh, some takeaways from the fellas on this. And I want to go ahead and just chip in first. Man, watch what you ask for. And the, the thing about it is, also, if you're asking for something mature, make sure your thought process is mature. I'll never forget uh, my dad talking to me one time. I had a class that was really easy. 
um, which <laughs> rarely happened to me. Uh, I wasn't smart like my sisters. And my dad says, how are, you, how are you doing in your class? I go, awesome. I've got straight A's. He goes, really? Are you studying? I go, not really. I don't really have to. I know this stuff. He goes, well, then you're wasting your time in that class. If you don't stretch, you're not learning and you're not growing. And that's the big lesson that I take away from this is, hey, he was very uncomfortable for a long period of time. Gave God time to work on fertile ground. And I think a lot of times that's what it needs to happen to us. We need to be uncomfortable before God can work that ground. And with that, I'm going to get some takeaways from the fellas and start with the professor. I really like that, Bill. When God gets your attention, pay attention. Oh, nice. And that is, I mean, that is... Without a doubt, one of the biggest things that people in today's world really forget is that there are so many ways and so many methods that God will use to get our attention, and we are apt to miss it. <laughs> Willingly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Ab- yes. Yes. And Jacob saw what God could do and what God had planned in this vision of a stairway. And in in part, he still misses it because <laughs> he does the if God, and then there's the whole story of what he trusts, of what happens to him is kind of, I'm going to say a punishment, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. <clears throat> but what happens to him as he gets further in? Because he really, I think this was the first option of God. Like you said, Bill, God's trying to get his attention. I think he's being put on a pip. You know, it's time to be put on a performance improvement plan, Jacob. You're not towing right. the line here, buddy. Right. And you're not going to get out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you and, stole and, it. And, you, you stole and, this right. This by, is by yours, way, dude. This you're living up to it. This ends with your termination. Yeah. This is right. a never-ending pip. This is it. <laughs> you're on the clock, and yep. you'll never be off. Michael Cropper. Um. God's visit to Jacob is fantastic. God is going to grow a nation he will love, and Jacob is the chosen vessel. Now, I mentioned this earlier. Did Isaac raise Jacob telling him about God? I believe he did. I believe Jacob knew about it, and I believe when God made his appearance to him, Jacob was saying, wow, so you're the one I've heard about. And this is incredible. And Jacob's response to that was, I'm going to build a temple here one day. If I come back through here, first of all, he stood up the rock, he anointed it with oil, and then he said, God willing, I'm going to come back through here and I will build a, a temple or a synagogue to you. Um, so, it, so his knowledge of God was made whole when God appeared to him. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he says, I will build a house of God, and I will build a temple here now. Uh, some thoughts. Uh, you guys just changed my mind on closing out with this. Um, folks, in reality, do we see these miraculous visions? Do we experience these visions, these illustrations, these things that Jacob experienced or Isaac experienced or Abraham? In most cases, no. We just live a normal life. We know we're supposed to go to work. We know we're supposed to take care of our family. 
We know we should pray. We know we should read the Bible. But rare on rare occasion does the Lord ever show you these bright colors and these bright visions and bright dreams that he showed to Jacob. So to bring it back home to you folks, and men, he wants us to live each day how we know to live. If you want to know how to live, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, look in your past and see how you're blessed. That's why we can always say looking backward is so good. Tunnel vision is so great when you're a Christian. You look back and see how he's blessed you. And then you do those things you believe and you know that align with the Bible and that you pray about and that you know God wants you to be blessed through. Bill? Uh, Steve Titch. Jacob knew it was God. He knew, it, he knew exactly what it was. That's perhaps the one blessing he gets out of this. I don't think all the time we know when we have a divine experience. We can know, oh, it's just a, a matter of chance or something came across. And like you said, Mike, sometimes you only know when, when you look at it in hindsight. And so, so how does that kind of implicate us? We, we, Jacob, Jacob saw God, experienced God, yet he kind of, it, it still takes many years before this um, gets internalized in him, so to speak. And, mm-hmm. and he really does become the person God certainly wants him to be. And, you know, literally, I mean, that's, that's why it comes from the book. He, Jacob begins this exile and in a way begins this figurative wrestling with God long before the actual event we talk about, that actual momentary event, which will come in, coming down in a few weeks. But this is, this is the exile as we, we, we take it back. He's, this is where, where he begins to change bit by bit, or maybe God begins to work on him bit by bit, even, even though Jacob does, we see from his from his behavior, he does resist quite a bit, and that reminds me of me. That I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, that was me for for a long time. Um, be, you know, before I, I think I truly, I truly became a a disciple. I'm, I'm going to say something Bill said and, and brought <laughs> the point where much is given, much is required, <laughs> right? And Jacob received a lot and he's going to be expected to do a lot and bill says be careful what you ask for and that's what i think <clears throat> that's a fact and one one other comment that uh i'd like to throw out as we close is this it's not that you necessarily accept god it's that you stop rejecting god <laughs> And I think that's where Jacob is. So thanks so much for tuning in to No Church Answers. And once again, thanks so much for all our uh, sponsors and supporters. And those of you that have been chiming in on Facebook, thanks so much. It's been great. So on behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Pittich, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshy, my name is Bill Cox. And our podcast is available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. So please rate it and leave a review. And if you have a question or comment, you can go just like everybody else to our Facebook page or nochurchanswers.com and post it there. If you're unable to attend a church, well, shame on you. 
Uh, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org. It starts Sundays at 9.45 a.m. And when you are ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class that you can join for small group discussions just like this. And find one that is men only. And if there's one, start one. This is No Church Answers. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment or review. Want to know more about us? Then visit NoChurchAnswers.com and our Facebook page. Check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content. 